On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, we're talking about furries. Get a glimpse into this often misunderstood subculture of anthropomorphic animal fans. It's not just a fetish for most of them. Then, we're triangulating your position. Technically, we're trilaterating your position. We're talking about global positioning systems, or GPS. How do they work? When was it created? Does it work better if you hold your phone over your head? We know you're driving somewhere within this 500-meter circle, and you're listening to your favorite podcast. This is Tell Me What You Know. What's going on, everybody? Today is Sunday, February the 9th, and this is episode 42 of Tell Me What You Know. We are in a brand new studio tonight. Not in the office. Actually, not brand new. We've also recorded here one time before. Yeah, we had Beyond Meat Burgers. Yes, we are back in Michael Two's apartment. Uh, the office is flooding. We woke up to a biblical biblical, biblical flood in the office. Apparently, North, a water main broke. An orthodontist's uh, office broke a pipe mm-hmm. and sent uh, water down the entire building. We're talking... Right, right where we store a bunch of equipment. A lot of production equipment there. You know, cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. Cheap, cheap stuff. So, uh, yeah, today's been fun. Filing insurance claims, taking pictures of water damage. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, excellent. Oh, it's excellent. But we record, tell me what you know, no matter what. That's right, we do. I, I do have a question I, I didn't ask you earlier. Are the flavor tripping berries okay? That, I, I was thinking Are about they that. Are a casualty of the flood? They might be a casualty. We might they're, in, like, they're in pretty like vacuum-packed. I, I, we moved them, but we, we were just moving stuff away from the outer side of the, yeah. into the interior of the office. Uh-huh. We were supposed so, to go flavor tripping tomorrow, but that's probably not going to happen now. I mean, we could, we could still do it, but yeah. as, as a team, it's going to be yeah, tough. Yeah, it's going to be a team-building thing. Hmm. Yeah, but we can still flavor trip. We'll go, we'll go get some flavor trip. Okay. <laughs> I just want a flavor trip, man. <laughs> um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, the topic was flavor tripping. So yeah, listen up and then Supposedly, follow along. Uh, I think a lot more people knew about that than it, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been around for a little while, yeah. I think. So it's nothing nothing brand new. I think like yeah. the New York Times wrote an article about it maybe 10 years ago. So. Oh, well. Back when I didn't read the New York Times. <laughs> We're catching up. That's right. Today's a new day, though. New topics. Are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. Michael, tell me what you know about furries. Are these people who uh, have like a fetish of people dressing up as animals? Well, you nailed the, uh, I guess, the, the misconceived notion <laughs> of the whole thing. Is it not a fetish necessarily? Not it's necessarily. Like, oh, it's just I like dressing up as a as an animal. Okay, so let's just decide. Let's describe what is a furry. A furry is someone who has a deep interest in anthropomorphized animals. So animals that walk, talk, have human qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Personified. Right. They're fans essentially, from what I've been reading. Just like uh, you know, Star Trek has Trekkies, and uh, comic books have Comic Con people. Wait, so they're trying to just say I'm a fan of this animal? Well, I mean, they grew up in an age of of Mickey Mouse and Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that, right? So I'm just a. F- are, is that what people? Are, I thought like when you're dressed well, up as a furry, you're it's like taking a bear. it a step further. Yeah, you might be a fox. You come fox. up with your own persona, oh, or okay. or as we'll find out later, your fursona, <laughs> <laughs> which we will talk a little bit more about. Um, but yeah, so I was reading a psychology today article and so it's like, you know, game of Thrones, will have game of Thrones fans and sports have sports fans. These guys are fans of anthropomorphized animals. Got it. Maybe not the same scale as the other things, but Great. it's out there, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are the demographics of these people? It is far and away white males typically in their mid or their teens to their mid twenties. Um, found it pretty interesting though, that they're seven times more likely than the general population to identify as transgender. Okay. And five times uh, more likely to identify as non-hetero. Okay. 
So they're very, it's a very, uh, a group built on, on inclusivity, mm-hmm. um, welcoming and non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. Like, thing, you like sure. what you like. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're also, I think it's like 50% more likely to have been bullied growing up. Okay. So they found this kind of this welcomed safe haven type thing in the right. furry community. Right. Huh. Um, you mentioned the sexual aspect, right? Like yeah. they're all fetishists. Yeah. It's a sexual thing. You want to have sex with somebody that looks like a pet. Right. Apparently it gets very overblown by, uh, like in mainstream media, right? Like, so like when it was in the 30 rock episode, mm-hmm. it's not it exactly like, an entourage. like that. Right. I remember it in. Yeah. Uh, only, I think only like a fifth say they get sexual gratification out of like a fifth of the people in the, in the community get like sexual gratification out of being a furry. A lot of them, they just treat it like any other thing they're a fan of. And they like going to these conventions and hanging out with their friends and doing that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think like, uh, having sex in these suits is probably pretty hard. So yeah. I don't think that they do that that much. Yeah. There is, I'm sure there's like, like a big, hot. there's probably a big like pornography aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Right. I could also just see people wanting to take pictures, not yes. necessarily have like a fetish sexual element to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's not necessarily all fetishists and people that are into that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's something that's different to everybody else, they I guess they assume that, and I feel like that just kind of gets it. Just the the way it's been portrayed in a lot of things that I've seen is is like that, right? Yeah, so. I mean that's the more uh, interesting element. Like, oh, you're gonna have sex in this thing rather than just <laughs> right. have like dinner, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I don't even know if they wear them uh, other than when they go to like conventions. I don't know if they wear them like every single day, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I've found a lot of people don't even own like a full a, suit. A full suit. I think a full suit is like. At the at the low end, like uh, fifteen hundred dollars, something like that to oh, make, wow. right? So yeah, it's not cheap. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the most popular thing to have is a tail. If you don't have to, you have you can have partial fursuits, right? So tail, gotcha. hand paws, maybe the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we mentioned so. All right, they create these. Fursonas, we talked about. Fursona. Right? right. And so that is essentially, it's a way for furries to represent themselves and they interact with other members. They pick an animal. It could be real or mythical. I mean, why draw the line? It has to be real animals at this point, right? For sure. It could be a combination of animals. Oh, it could be like a lion and a... Like a liger. A liger. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like a unicorn with a bear. Giraffe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Like, I assume that could... That's Express it. yourself. Yeah. You pick an animal. You can pick your name, your gender ages that it could all be kind of made up like it's you know it, uh, i saw on the psychology today article they, they had this quote said research has shown that most furries create personas representing similar but idealized versions of themselves okay many furries report that over time their own self-concept tends to become more like that of their persona this may be due in the fa- in fact uh maybe due to the fact excuse me over time others begin to interact with them as that idealized self validating it and helping them to internalize it as part of themselves I'm so they have this like this persona, like maybe like the uh, it's not exactly who they really are in real life, but it kind of it's close to it, I guess. And then like right. as they become more, I guess, welcomed and like validated, it, it tends to change who they actually are. It comes are, out right? more, right? Well, so so the attributes that might be expressed or, or exaggerated might be like confidence or. Yeah. Or I mean, you could be <clears throat> maybe like a, <clears throat> excuse me, like a. I don't know, like a 20-year-old white guy. And you're timid, and then you dress up like a lion. And yeah, you, feel you could more be like a, a 70-year-old uh, old, like aged cat. Female cat, maybe. So I'm just trying to think of the attributes of a 70-year-old 
aged cat. A raspy voice and maybe like her back hurts a lot. <laughs> but is that who they really are? I feel like that's just they're adding another layer on top of their, their persona. And then, yeah, somebody validates it. And then you just like, oh, I'll just stay inside this character forever. Right. But that's what they're saying. But what I find interesting about this is that it seems like they're saying this is more in line with who you think you are. And I'm saying it's kind of like you're still just kind of cloaking yourself. Right. I, I, my example could be way off as well. I don't know that that's exactly what yeah, they do. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Nice. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so what do furries do? Yeah. It's split up pretty much into online fandom and conventions, right? Mm-hmm. So online, there are forums and people are, you know, they, they commission their art and music and that kind of thing. Uh, I think a lot of like the websites are art based. Uh huh. You have a question? Oh, like so, you commission commission somebody to to do a painting of you yeah. as this, or like just draw like, uh, yeah, maybe not you necessarily, but like this furry. This furry that could be your persona. And then you persona. mentioned uh, music. They have like different theme songs. Um, I saw. I, I didn't listen to it yet, uh-huh. but there was a guy in a bear furry bear suit playing uh, Beethoven's Fifth, I believe. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah, but I think they have like, you know, maybe like they'll put on a concert, but they'll be dressed up in their yeah. in their costume gotcha. that kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um and so th- this this analogy I didn't really understand, but somebody was saying that going to a convention, I mean the the convention makes sense to me because you're going to be around like-minded around people. people and yeah. that share common interests and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's fun. But they were saying like uh they compared it to like going to a Star Wars convention or something. Like you go to meet JJ Abrams or like mm-hmm. you you know your favorite voice actor from your favorite character might be there. You want to go meet them. It's like the same kind of thing. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, well, who are you going to meet? But there might be another maybe there are like celebrity celebrities. Furries, yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure. I know there is a, uh, a professional video game player who goes by Sonic Fox, who's a furry. He's like one of the num- like the number one or number two like uh, fighting game player across all games. So like Capcom, like any- Capcom versus Marvel, like Dragon Ball Z Fighters, uh, yeah, yeah. Tekken, all the, like all the games. He like just kicks ass at. Uh-huh. He's a furry. I think like uh, he like won some like, the Evo Championship, which is one of the biggest trophies, and was like, oh, yeah, I'm a furry, and I'll beat your ass, and like all that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they, they are. I think there are like furries out there who people can look up to and that mm-hmm. kind of thing which is mm-hmm. pretty cool another yeah what do they do with the conventions uh just dress up and hang out exactly yeah gotcha. i think they have like maybe panels come and talk about I, I don't know what they would talk about um make your suit out of this maybe could be could be like the uh, the hobby horse revolution things like yeah, yeah here's how you can make your horse head better <laughs> yeah that kind of thing yeah but they have that. i think it's maybe more just to kind of like dress up and show off your costumes and right. talk to people and hang out make friends that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm Another common question that gets brought up, do they think they're animals? Yeah. The short answer is no. Not all of them do. Okay. Uh, so this is from a, a, a Vice article, or a Vox article. It said, uh, furries and other people who identify as non-human in some substantial degree are known as otherkin. Okay? Okay. Uh, and then in quotations, therians are otherkin who identify with in whole or part an actual existing species who have lived on Earth. So like, and wolves are the most common of that. People so they, be wolf. Right. They like feel that they're not completely human. They mostly uh, like spiritual and mentally they identify with these other animals. Uh-huh. There are some that they don't feel 100% human physically as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some people also reserve the term otherkin for those who identify as more fictional creatures like dragons, vampires, that gotcha. kind of thing. Identify as a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there you know, there's true life and all that kind of stuff that yeah. shows like yeah. that. You know, it's like I, I feel like I'm a wolf. Yeah. I, I don't want to see, like judge anybody. They, anybody could do whatever they want. Sure. But because it's a podcast, I'm going to say something. Okay. Uh, 
you really think these people kind of have been like either really abused or bullied at one point I would so to kind of some, be pushed into maybe yeah. this mindset, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what brings it along. It's not to say, Oh, so sad for this. It's just more of like, how do you identify as a wolf? Right. Or how, like, what do you, I understand wanting to take wolf like tendencies that you have an idea about, like, you know, bravery or whatever mm-hmm. you, whatever you've taken from stories that you've, you've read. Right. Uh, and then wanting to be those types of attributes more. Like if you're a timid person wanting to help find that courage mm-hmm. and stuff, I get that. But um, to, to take it a full step further, to be like nearly and sometimes identifying as a wolf, it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah, it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, Again, not judging. Sound kind of judgy. I mean... <laughs> no. Um. I don't think I think that if a furry heard me give like this information, they would probably be pretty yeah. upset. Be mad? You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel like I, I, you know, there's just it's a lot of surface level stuff here. I'm sure there's a lot more nuance to it, right? Yes, I would imagine. I I think. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. But I also think that that this community might never want anybody to talk about them at all. Or Maybe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's almost it's um. I sometimes I feel like. Some people do things that are so out there and they kind of force you into saying like, what are you doing? And they'd be like, what are you judging me? And it's sort of like you're kind of walking around kind of always being like, like, what are you looking at? Mm. It's like, well, you're dressed up like a furry animal. Yeah. Like, I think you're like looking for attention. Oh. Uh, like you're looking to, to elicit a response. Yeah. Again, you could do whatever you want to do, but it's like <laughs> you, you, you shouldn't get so mad if somebody wants to ask a question. Sure. Fair enough. Well, that's that's furries. That's a quick <laughs> breakdown of furries there. That's great. Join back next week when we talk about foot fetishes. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. how many, did you get into any uh, numbers of how many there are? Like how many people that no. there are in the United States of that? I didn't. No? Mm-mm. I can look it up. Hmm. Give you a little more information. I got to imagine it's in the tens of thousands. Uh, yeah. Fewer? Maybe. I don't know. Huh. I would say more, but I'm not really sure. That's just a guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back into our uh, incels. Kind of feel like the incel population might get into this too. I don't know. I feel like incels are not into anything other than being incels. So they're just mad at the world. And, right. Yeah. Okay. And they like being in, like, we're around their other own incels. Little, yeah, their own little message boards. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to move over to a uh, government-developed technology. Mm-hmm. It affects your everyday life. Michael, tell me what you know about GPS. GPS, Global Positioning System. Yes. My GPS system. <laughs> GPS system, yes. system, system. Uh, it's basically, it's a map. It tells you where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, do you know of any, any idea how it works? Satellites. Yeah. Pinpoints your latitude and longitude based on a chip in your head, probably. <laughs> At this point. So, uh, so there's probably little right beacons on, on phones. So you're definitely right on satellites. So, so this is, there's misconceptions I think about GPS that I kind of found out when I started researching. Mm-hmm. So it came out in 1973, it's developed by the government for military use. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, it was released for civilian use in 1983 under Ronald Reagan. So it started as a, as a collection of 24 satellites mm-hmm. and they're positioned around the world so that you can always have direct line of sight between four of them. You need four 
GPS satellites in order to pinpoint where you are. Okay. If you have fewer, uh, I think if you only have three, you might get some idea of where you are, but the you, it might, you might be off by like, you meet, lose, like you lose tens of meters. Mm-hmm. It's like, it might not be helpful. You'd be like, you're somewhere in this 300 meter zone. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see that on your phone. You'd be like, you're somewhere in here, but we don't know exactly where you are. Yeah. And then if you only have two, you can't uh, figure out where you are. You might be able to know somewhere on the plane where you are, but okay. you might be in multiple places. You could be in Alaska. You could be in Arizona. Oh. So how does it work? So, well, uh, a little bit. A little bit more about just uh, the type of systems there are. Yeah. So GPS, as you're right, stands for Global Positioning System. Uh-huh. But many countries have global positioning systems. But we use the term GPS as sort of a catch-all for, like, for what we have, Navstar, okay. which is the U.S.-based system. Okay. It is um, a global positioning. Then there are Russian have a system called GLONASS. <laughs> as I say it, it sounds funny. Hi, Bree getting attacked by a cat. Nope, oh, there she goes. Good leap. All right. Uh, GLONASS, which is Russian. Yes. You've got... Oh, Brie. You've got... Can you do this while I'm holding Brie and looking at you? Yes. <laughs> I'm a furry now. That's right. Uh, Brie's a furry. <laughs> she's really, really into it. Uh, IRNSS. Mm-hmm. IRNSS is Indian. Okay. Beidou2. Uh, B-E-I-D-O-U-2. Uh, which is Chinese, uh-huh. and then Galileo, which is the Italian, Euro- <laughs> just the European collective, okay. I guess. Uh, the Indian and the Chinese systems are mm-hmm. only geosynchronous, so meaning. The, meaning the satellites are only over their countries. You can have you can have a satellite always stay over one point mm-hmm. as long as you put it in the right po- orbital pattern. Mm-hmm. It's pretty far away from Earth. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it just goes. It orbits at the same speed at which the Earth turns. What was so, that word you said? It there what? Uh, geosynchronous. Geosynchronous. Okay. It'd be like basically standing, uh, thinking of like a, I don't know, a pizza, and you're on the crust, and then there's a direct line to like a pepperoni that's closer to the center, and you guys are always in the same yeah. line to the center. Kind of okay. that's yeah. the idea. Um, so now it's a global network, the Navstar, the U.S.-based mm-hmm. one, which is like the generally used one. It's yes. in all of our phones. But actually, I was reading that our phones can also uh, use GLONASS as well. The Russian one. The Russian one, mm. yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's the, there's elements hmm. makes of, you think. Uh huh. There is elements of keeping uh, GPS system just for American use, or like having systems that only the military can use. And there are ways that we kind of like offset how, how we futz the data so that you kind of need to know a keyword, a, a um, like a key a in order to, to basically, yeah, in order to figure out what the actual uh, position is. Mm-hmm. So um, it's based on a system called trilateration. So your phone, when it's communicating, when it's communicating with the GPS satellite, it, there's no signal going from your phone to the satellite. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So where's it going? It, your, your phone is not emitting a signal at all. Oh. It's only collecting. Receiving. It's only collecting and receiving the signals from the satellites, and then pairing, doing the math, the calculation, the calculation it. of where it is, and figuring out basically four um, data points. You're looking for. Um, so you're telling me holding my phone up in the air when I'm not getting a good signal is not getting it closer to the satellite? It's not, but it I'm... might. I mean, going to higher ground <laughs> okay. might help you. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, we'll get Dang. to this, but there's a certain error um, called uh, multipath errors, mm-hmm. where something like a signal could come bounce off of a building and then to your phone, and it and it messes with the with the location. Reasoning we'll get to right now. So <laughs> all of this, all of this depends on calculations of time. Yeah. 
So on the satellites, which there are 30 now, all satellites have, I think, one or two uh, atomic clocks. Okay. And an atomic clock is accurate to a second over millions of years. Right. So it's absurdly accurate. It uses like the oscillations of electrons. So much more accurate than like a you know standard clock or a digital clock on than my Casio. Yeah, I mean that thing because speed like the speed of light is so fast, right? So if you if you're off by a second, mm-hmm. just saying it's, we're talking, they need to be nanoseconds when right. we're doing this. But if you're off by a second, that's three hundred thousand miles. Right. So that's not helpful for you, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's not going to help you. Like I needed to turn at this road and then like a hundred feet more, there's another road. Like that's not going to help you, right? All right, so uh, how does it work? So when the first satellite sends you a message on your phone, it comes at the speed of light. Okay. It sends with it the time at which the signal was sent. So it knows, So your phone now knows at the real time that it was sent, it was 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Just going to use really sure. simple time. It got to you at, call it 10.05. Okay. Again, these are not... Yeah. Like accurate things. It'd be like nearly instantaneous. Okay. Um, so at 10.05, it then knows that there's some like variation due to the clock's inaccuracy, the clock on your phone right. inaccuracy. So it's technically, it knows it's, it's 10 o'clock at the satellite. Your phone is saying it's 10.05. So you're saying that there's a five second difference of time. You know the speed of light. 10.05, 10, 10, 10 and o- five seconds. Second, 10 okay, and gotcha, five seconds. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So you know the five seconds of, of Time of uh, light speed, so now you know the distance. You can now know sort of the distance between you and the satellite. Now add in another satellite at a different distance. You get the same calculation, and now you can start drawing, um, you know, circles around okay. the satellite and you. And then where the circles uh, intersect, mm. you're somewhere. You you should be at the intersection of those circles. I see. So that's where you find out, like, okay, where the, the circles intersect, that's going to be on the plane of the Earth. Uh-huh. That's where you are. And this all happens in a matter of This all happens instances, very basically. speed of light. Yeah. Right? So your phone's collecting these, this data. That's why it's not waiting for it to send a signal back and yeah. then come back to you. So it's only collecting these signals and then pairing up. So essentially, it's just telling your phone where you are. And then Correct. your phone inside your, is, is saying, figuring out where it wants to go from there. Basically, yeah, yeah, essentially. It's basically uh, taking just simple data points and then doing some pretty arbitrary math. Like pretty, mm. um, It's yeah. not too complicated. That's why it can happen pretty quickly. Come up with um, you know, latitude, a longitude, an altitude, mm-hmm. and um, latitude, longitude, and, uh, and like a speed. Maybe. I think, I think, well, the speed comes into comparing where you were and which, what's happening next, mm-hmm. right? So like where you're going. Right. Um, so yeah, so then there are certain errors that happen that you need to account for. As I said, the clock on your phone is not accurate. Yes. So you need to know what the offset is. Right. So this is where you can add in another satellite uh, that has another atomic clock to it. So you can compare the differences between how far you're off with when the two times came from those two satellites. Again, more data allows you to account for these um, accuracies sure. or inaccuracies. Yep. Uh, so first little error, propagation. Propagation means uh, light can travel at different speeds when it's coming through our atmosphere. So these these satellites orbit at twenty thousand kilometers. Okay. So pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes through the outer layer of the atmosphere, called the ionosphere, mm-hmm. it's just like really highly charged particles up there. And so when it comes through, it can it can slow down. So the way that the satellites make up for this is they actually send two signals. 
of different uh, wavelengths. Yeah. So the the faster, more uh, energetic wavelength will get through that uh, density faster. Okay. So then your phone will be able to see, okay, I got this first signal, and then the other signal came by, you know, a microsecond later, and now I can compare, and I know I can make up for the difference between how far that satellite is. Sure. Again, just another like ways to get around it. Um, as I said, multipath. This is where if you're standing in New York City and uh, like a, a, a signal comes, bounces off a building, and then comes to you, mm-hmm. it might think that, again, this is all about time to, to measure distance. So it's actually going around this building and bouncing off. So it's adding more distance to where you actually are. So you have to account. Those things are, are really hard to account for. You just need more satellites in order to get a more accurate representation of where you that are. That seems to be the... The way to get through others is add more satellites. Add more satellites. More space garbage. Yeah. We're good. You don't really have it as if on like a boat because you're on the ocean. There's no buildings or mountains mm-hmm. or anything around you, so you should be fine. You know, buildings is maybe not the best example there, but if you're next to a mountain, pretty large, yeah. it's pretty big bounce off. Uh, you've got receiver noise. This is just kind of like your f- crappy phone. Oh, this is crappy Motorola. The cricket. Yeah. Uh, your Nokia. And then it actually goes even to Einstein. Uh, general and special relativity, the clocks between you are traveling different speeds, time is different, uh-huh. uh, and satellites orbiting at 20,000 kilometers are going to experience time faster than you are because you're closer to a heavier body, the, the Earth. Mm-hmm. This is where it really, like, it, it's pretty impressive that this science has to be right because the, it accurately these finds theories, where you these are. These theories aren't theories this, anymore? It's not a theory. This, it works. <laughs> like, it's, it's fully... It's, exactly. If it didn't okay. work, it wouldn't be able to tell you you need to drive down the street and then go to Pizza Hut. Yeah, but that just strengthens the theory. It doesn't prove it, right? Or else right. it would prove it. Well, no, but there are still people out there that believe the Earth is flat or something. And then they use these technologies. They're like calling into a, like a, calling into a, a radio program talking about how the Earth is flat. And they're like, well, you're using a phone that's depending on... <laughs> All this, it's just crazy. Uh, so yeah, just a quick list of products that wouldn't work without GPS. You wouldn't have Uber. No, yeah. Google, no Google Maps. Well, you could have. No, you couldn't have Uber, I guess. No, because Check you'd have taxis. to figure out where, yeah, where, you are. where you are. Yeah. Um, so some other ones that I mentioned. <laughs> just discovered the taxi service again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Falling back to taxis. Right. As you take away stuff, yeah, you just go back to the way things yeah. used to be done. Uh, painting or artwork security. So, you know. You want to uh, secure huh? something, you put a GPS target on it, and then if it moves, you know it's being stolen. How accurate is that, like to like the millimeter or something? Well, so there are different layers of accuracy, and I was kind of mentioning that uh, the military can have ways of offsetting this uh-huh. data, so they might add in a little inaccuracy in order to only say, okay, these inter- intersecting circles are only going to give you an accuracy of 10 meters. And I think there is... Like, I think the military can get down to, like, knowing exactly where you are. And obviously, that kind of has some spooky, you know, if they develop some uh, light light ray laser killing device that they want to put in outer space and then just laser you off the planet. Did you or, watch GoldenEye today or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love GoldenEye, man. Well, the thing about that, though, is, like, if the government's monitoring me, they're wasting their time and they're wasting our money, right? Oh, for sure. For <laughs> but, sure. People out there like that are just so freaked out by like the government monitoring them. They're probably people that should be being monitored because they're probably psychopaths. Well, it's generally more for also, um, you know, if you wanted to 
assassinate a right. government official. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to be Joe Schmo. Right. Exactly. Uh, you and me. And it's our, just picking up the, the our chatter. Mil- our million podcast listeners. That's right. They really care. Um, but other other things like uh, car theft. Yeah. Um, taking care of the elderly. They'll use a GPS boon. Uh, yeah. So yeah, whenever oh, like if your parents, if you're your looking parents, at that one, didn't you? <laughs> I was just I just looked over. I was like, oh, the GPS. Oh, it's a boon, and I go, Grandma's driving again. So yeah, that's ex- <laughs> essentially essentially that's what they're preventing. Grandma's yeah. driving. That's not yeah. good. Not my grandmother. She's very able. She <laughs> listens sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, police and private uh, private detectives yeah. use it. You can put like maybe a GPS tracker on something, somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could track somebody. You can. Uh, See where they're going if they're cheating on you as a spouse or something. That's right. Uh, you use it as on when Snapchat you're, when you're hiking. Yep. Um, yep. Camp camping. People put put devices on their pets so if they run away they can find them. Mm-hmm. Um, GPS is. Uh, I've lived in. Well, really, two new cities to me since like GPS has become super popular, mm-hmm. and it's a total detriment. I never learned the city. Like I don't. I don't well, really true. know Charlotte that well. That's you true. Know? It's DC. I don't really know that well. I just I, I rely on you getting pl- for I, every time I go somewhere, I plug it into my GPS or I have an Uber take me. I plug don't it know into an address area. and yeah, you never learn it. But uh, when I first got up here, uh, you, there are a lot of roads you can go down and then really end up in like just you got to drive ten miles to turn around or yeah. something like that. GW Parkway. If you don't, yeah. if you miss an exit, you got to drive. Like, you're like thirty minutes out of your way to turn yeah. around. But yeah, you kind of got to make those mistakes to really learn the city. It helps to look at a map. I feel like yeah, just oh, look at sure. a map and then walk around. Or just walk around aimlessly. When you were growing up, did you have a map in your car? I mean, an atlas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love those. My things. mom loves atlases. Yeah? She just stare at maps. I've got friends that they do. Yeah. Uh, Sam loves staring at maps. Ransom. Not surprising. Yeah. Loser. Not surprising. Um, but yeah, that's basically GPS. It's a pretty simple system, but if you, you, know, you give this information to people, you can create some pretty incredible services yeah. that, that really affect our lives. Uber being one of them. I mean, that completely derailed uh, yeah, the industry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. It's something that you don't think about that often. Yeah, you don't. And you Definitely. take it for granted. And you take it like, why doesn't why isn't it telling me exactly where I am? Well, oh, I'm sorry. It's accounting for special relativity. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see him right now, but he's pushing his glasses up on the bridge of his nose a little bit more. I'm, I'm looking at Bree going after uh, Mike Bloomberg on the screen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I got I think without GPS, I'd actually know where I live. It would be nice, but oh yeah, I'll great. get out there and walk. This around looks like home. That's right. Thanks so much. I have a good feeling about this episode. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I'm sure you guys all loved it. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. We will not quit. No, no, ever. And don't quit on us after this one. That's right. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Get flood insurance.